What's happening, guys? It's Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for downloading this week's radio show turned into a podcast for me. If you haven't yet, please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you do that, screenshot your rating, email it to me, Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I will personally ship you a Heartland College Sports koozie and keep that beer cold for the entire month of August. A great deal, a great trade-off. Enjoy the show. We'll talk to you soon. Safeties drop really deep. Handoff Sermon over the left side. Big hole. 30. First down. 25-20. Breaks a tackle. 15-10-5. The minister is into the end zone. Preach. Mason takes the ball, fakes a handoff, fires over the middle. It's caught by Aitman, and he takes it into the end zone. He juggled it for a moment, but got it back. Pistols firing. Touchdown, Oklahoma State's Marcel Aitman. There's more to us than that. Two receivers left, one right. Quarterback keeper here, 30-yard line. Jesse, 25-20, 15-10-5 to the goal line. Touchdown, 35 yards on the run for Jesse Ertz. Turpin in motion, they fake to him, hand to Hicks, he'll walk in and score. Hit the horn with 7.39 to play in the second quarter, and the Horn Frogs now go up 13-7 to advance. 2,000 country stations, yeah, we're one big country nation, that's right. Well, how the hell has your week been? Ours has been pretty, pretty busy over at Heartland College Sports. Pete Mundo with you. It's uh, it's great to have you, and as always, we appreciate you being a part of the show. And if you miss the show, you can always find us on iTunes afterwards as well. We take the radio show, we put it in podcast form, as we continue to do at heartlandcollegesports.com, your go-to independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Nobody's doing what we're doing. And we are continuing to see that growth every day, every week, every month, and it's because of you. So we thank you for that. Well, uh, we set off some fireworks this week in the college football recruiting circles. I don't know if you saw any of this, but what happened is the following. First off, if you want to blame somebody for the whole fire here that started at HeartlandCollegeSports.com, the story is Jeffrey Carter. He's a four-star cornerback who decided to uh, go to Texas A&M. But how that went down bothered me and bothered a lot of people. So I'm sitting around Sunday morning, and Derek Duke reaches out to us in our Heartland College Sports chat. And he goes, look at this guy, Jeffrey Carter. And he shows me the timeline of tweets from Jeffrey Carter on Saturday. And at 108, Jeffrey Carter, a four-star cornerback from down in Texas, tweeted out, my dad unexpectedly got a nail in his tire, and it's completely flat. Due to how far we are from our home and from OU, we will not attend the BBQ at OU. But three hours later, Carter tweets out, news at 5 p.m., dot, dot, dot. Well, at 5 p.m. on Saturday, he tweets out, I'm done, thumbs up emoji, and a tweet that he is going to be attending Texas A&M. And if you know me, and if you know this website, you know, Derek is very tuned in to recruiting. It's not really something I care about. 
you know, I mean, I'm, I'm into it. I pay attention to it, especially as we get closer to signing day. Who are the big names? Where are they going? But I'm not a guy that's locked in on recruiting in, uh, you know, April, May, June, July. I'm, I'm just not. It's just, it's not who I am. You know, I'm not chasing around 16-year-old kids. Um, I'm not following them into the bathroom stall and watching them take a leak at the urinal and saying, hey, buddy, uh, where are you going to school next year? What's your crystal ball looking like there, Joey Smith? It's just not what I do. It's not of a whole lot of interest to me. When they're on campus, when they sign the dotted line, I'll go out there and I'll say, hey, you know what? Let's see what you got here. Let's see um, who these guys are and who's a potential star and go from there. But I'm not chasing around some kid who, you know, can't get behind the steering wheel without his mommy holding his hand and wondering where he's going to play college football. It's just not a thing I give a rip about. But here's why this worked me up. Because clearly, Carter's full of crap. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The guy tweets out, he got a flat tire. And as our own Matthew Poston pointed out, has anybody seen Jimbo Fisher uh, laying nails up and down I-35 anywhere? Three hours later, he gets a flat tire. His old man gets a flat tire. Then he's like, news coming up. And then he's got a pre-produced video from Texags saying that he's going to Texas A&M. By the way, those videos don't make themselves. Somebody had to make it. And they also don't make them all that quickly. I used to work in digital media, okay? I'm doing a radio show right now in Kansas City, doing a morning show. Before this stop, I was in New York, and I was working at Sports Illustrated. And I worked on videos like this. You know, it's a minute-long video. It can take, depending on how good the editor of the video is, and, you know, by the way, they had to shoot this whole thing, it's a, it can be a couple-hour process. Now, it can be the final touches can be done in 15, 20 minutes, but the whole thing is not, you know, thrown together in the span of half an hour. It's not. By the time you shoot it, you get it together. So the kid was full of crap. I mean, the world's not going to end. But here's where I put the blame. The blame goes on the adults, meaning the father, meaning the people at Texas A&M, whoever it might have been that was involved in this decision making. And, you know, it's amazing. It's a, by the way, I triggered the hell out of Texas A&M fans. These, this fan base is really an unbelievable bunch. I mean, they, they um, <laughs> they're so easy to get them worked up. It's, it's wild. You know, they're tweeting me saying, Oh, you never covered college football in your life. Clearly, because this is nothing compared to some of the other things that go on in college football. That's not the point. I write this in my article. I write, is this the biggest issue in recruiting? Question mark. No. Then I go on to write, but until basic decency returns, nothing will change. And that begins with the adults in the room. So yes, there are much bigger issues that go on in recruiting. Whether it's things like Louisville, SMU, whether it's uh, paying parents, Cam Newton allegations, whatever it might be. But until the basic decency is figured out, like, hey, I'm not going to go to OU because I've decided to go to Texas A&M, then I'm just going to be a man about it. And I'm going to, you know, let OU know what happened, hopefully, in a professional manner. Um, maybe avoid the whole tweet about, you know, my old man's tire blowing out on the way to the OU barbecue or, you know, getting ready for the OU barbecue and just say, hey, I got an announcement coming up at 5 p.m. This isn't that hard. 
This isn't that difficult. And if you're sitting there and saying, well, Pete, this doesn't matter. Well, you're not getting my point. Until people have basic decency, basic morals, and basic values, until you get the little things right, you can't get the big things right until you get the little things right. You know? I mean, you can't run until you can walk. Most people don't ride bikes until they figure out how to do it with training wheels on, right? I mean, every kid in America has done it that way. And we can't clean up the deep issues in college football recruiting until some adults stand up that's starting with the parents and say, you know what, something stupid like this, I'm not going to lie about. I'm not going to sit there and pretend like my car got a flat tire and then three hours later have my kid release a minute-long video, which, by the way, takes time to put together, to produce, and to edit. And I know that as somebody that worked in the digital media space, um, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm above that. I'm going to handle this with some sense of pride and moral authority. It's not the 16 or 17-year-old kid's fault. I said that when I wrote the piece. It's not his fault, and I wish him to have a long, healthy career in college. And if he wants to make the NFL and those are his future dreams, I hope he gets there. But it's these little things that you scratch your head and you're like, where are the adults in the room? Where are they? Do they exist? And time and time again, the answer that I continue to see is no, they don't. So this has amazingly been our most read article to date uh, ever on the website. I mean, we're talking tens of thousands of readers to this article, which honestly I did not think was going to happen. I did not plan on happening. I, I did not to. I did not intend on this happening. I just didn't. But apparently, it, it triggered the hell out of Texas A&M fans, who you know must be uh, not much in the pants or something, because these guys anything. Anything you say gets on him. It's it's just crazy to me. Uh, the guy, Billy Liucci, Lucci, I don't know who he is. Executive editor, corner of texags.com. God bless him. He writes on Twitter, fun to watch this lot, including tool of the day, Pete Mundo, stumble all over themselves when they hear the word Aggies. And I just wrote back, honored to receive a capital T because he used a capital T in tool of the day when describing me. That's, that's all I have to say. I mean, I couldn't tell you one other guy that's being recruited at Texas A&M. I don't care. I don't spend my time on the recruiting scene. I just don't do it, you know? But now, and, and I got to love, love this too, by the way. You should see my inbox. The amount of emails I have from Texas A&M fans, who, by the way, are like, you know, they're just 16-year-old kids, man. Leave them alone. What's the big deal? It's like, you just spent probably... 20 minutes sending me an email about a kid you don't know who verbally committed to a school that you root for, who, by the way, he could end up flipping. What are you doing with your time exactly? Uh, is that an unreasonable question to ask? I, I don't think it is. I really don't. It's just, it's amazing. It is amazing. And it made for a very fascinating week at Heartland College Sports, and we had a lot of fun with it, and that's all we're trying to do here. Have fun, entertain you, get you some good Big 12 information, nuggets, insight, the whole deal. That's what we want to do. And we hope you're having fun as well, and, and we appreciate you being a part of uh, everything we're doing as well.
So coming up, uh, let's let's try to figure out what's going on with the Kansas Jayhawks here. You know what I mean? Uh, the Kansas Jayhawks may very well be on the verge of hiring a new head coach. How long is David Beatty's leash? We don't know. We're going to talk with Mike Plank. He uh, runs RockChalkTalk.com, a great Kansas Jayhawks website. He's going to join us next right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. We roll right along on Heartland College Sports Weekly. I'm Pete Mundo, and we now welcome in Mike Plank, the editor-in-chief of RockChalkTalk.com. Does a fantastic job covering everything Kansas. And when I was at Media Days, you know, I asked David Beatty the question about basically what's the win threshold he thinks he needs to keep his job. And, you know, you expect this. He kind of danced around the question, but he knows the pressure is on. So I'll ask you, what is that win threshold David Beatty needs to keep this job in 2019? Well, Pete, I would say that the minimum is four wins, but I honestly think it may take a bowl game uh, because there's a couple of different ways that you can get to four wins. You know, if, if Kansas goes out and somehow wins its three non-con games and then knocks off a Big 12 team at home, uh, and then, you know, the other eight games are blowout losses, you know, four or five touchdowns, that's not really... I, I mean, I guess technically that's progress, but that's not really what we're hoping for. Uh, I mean, you can also go four and eight. You can go two and one in the non-con, knock off two Big Twelve teams, and not get blown out by everybody except you know Texas and Oklahoma, and that would be significant progress. So, I mean, there's two different scenarios there when you're looking at some of the lower win totals. And obviously, if if he got to five or six, you you, you have to really consider uh, you know keeping him on. And I mean the the Elephant in the room is the $3 million buyout. It's going to cost Kansas $3 million to send Beatty home in 2018. And, I, I mean, who knows if Jeff Long, uh, the new AD, would be able to come up with that in time. Well, Mike, you know, that that's an interesting point, and I think it's a conversation a lot of people are having, which is do the quality of losses count for anything? If it's four wins and four losses by a touchdown or less, I mean – does that even matter? Does that give Jeff Long enough reason to keep him around? Or is Jeff Long, from what you're hearing, a guy who is anxious to, to put his stamp on this program? You know, I honestly, I haven't heard much about Jeff Long. Yeah, I mean, he technically hasn't even started yet. He starts on August 1st. Uh, and, you know, that, that he's been linked to Wes Miles and Brett Bielema and, and probably a couple of other guys. But um, all he has said publicly which I, you know, I believe is that he wants to end the cycle. And I don't know, unfortunately, we don't know what that means. We don't know if that means he wants to bring in his guy and, and that's who he's going to roll with or if he just wants to see things uh, turn under his direction. Uh, I mean, who knows what that means. Uh, but uh, I, I do think that if they, can, if, if they can not lose every conference game by 30 points, like I think they did last year, I don't know if they had any conference game uh, within four touchdowns, uh, that's definitely progress. Mike Plank, executive editor of RockChalkTalk.com. So, Mike, you know, now let's talk actual expectations here. 
Um, you know, you and I had this conversation the last couple of seasons before the year, what KU might do. And I was always pretty optimistic saying, hey, maybe this is the year of three, four wins. I like Coach Beatty. I want him to succeed. But last year was such a step backwards in so many ways. I mean, that, that TCU embarrassment, the 17 total yards. Uh, but that being said, Coach Beatty is still an optimistic guy. So when you look at this team, I mean, wh- why can this year be different? Well, well, I'll be honest. I like Coach Beatty, too. Uh, you know, when whether or not you think he will succeed doesn't change the fact that the best thing for Kansas is for him to succeed, for him to get five or six wins and to take him to a bowl game and for this to be the year that it turns around. But, I, I mean, at this point, you know, after 3-33, and 33, uh, I, I, you know, I'm done drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, I, I'm to the point where I've got to see it on the field before I'll go anywhere near predicting it. And I'm on the record. You know, I, I don't think they're going to win a game again this year. Uh, they're, you know, we've been doing a countdown on, on Rock Chalk Talk. We've been counting down the last 100 days all the way to kickoff. And, and there's some optimistic articles and there's some pessimistic articles. But there, there are some things to work with. I mean, Joe Deneen is one of the best linebackers in college football, and every stat backs that up. They've got talent. They've got, they've got great talent at the running back position. They've got three guys who would start for just about any Big 12 team at the running back position, I think. Steven Sims is an excellent receiver. I mean, he's got a chance to break some of Kerry Myers' records this year. Uh, you know, the offensive line needs to come together. Who knows what we have there? But they've got, they've got talented guys on offense. They, they even have talented guys on defense. Daniel Wise, Joe Deneen, Mike Lee. Uh, you know, they got their first-ever top 100 recruit and Corion Harris coming in. There, there's talent out there, and if you're an optimistic fan – uh, there's reason for optimism, uh, you know. There truly is, and, and if they can get, you know, four, three-ish, four-ish wins and be competitive, then that is that is definitely a step in the right direction. It's, it's definitely what I'm hoping for and what I'm rooting for. I just I've been burned too many times over the last eight years to to you know, come into the season thinking, all right, we're going to get four wins this year. Mike Blank, uh, Rock Chalk Talk joining us. So, Mike, how much tougher is this rebuild due to the fact that the Big 12 plays a true round robin, therefore, you know, there's no break in the schedule, there's no, hey, my schedule is easier this year, I get to avoid an Oklahoma, uh, something like that. How much tougher do you think that makes it for, for Coach Beatty or whoever it is that ends up being the head coach uh, beyond the season? I mean, I definitely think there's something to be said for that. Uh, you know, when, when your quote-unquote easiest game is an Iowa State team that knocked off two top five teams, like, man, that's rough when you're trying to build a program. Uh, you know, you're not in the Big Ten where you get to play Rutgers in Illinois, uh, who would probably be, I don't know, 10 or so point favorites over Kansas, but that's better than being a 30-point favorite, you know. So I, I definitely think there's something to that. Uh, you, you definitely don't get to skip anybody, um, and and I mean when you're the when you're the cream puff on everyone else's schedule, it, it's it's uh, definitely hard to uh, get things turned in the right direction. Well, once again, he is Mike Plank, executive editor of RockChalkTalk.com. Those guys do a fantastic job over there covering uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. So, Mike, we appreciate a few minutes, and we will. Talk again once the season gets going. Thanks so much. Hey, Pete, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Always good to chat with Mike Plank, and we released our um, hot seat rankings for every coach in the Big 12 Conference, and Beatty, of course, was at the top of that list. Uh, We gave him a 10 out of 10 
for hot seat rankings, of course, as high as you can go. Second on that list, we had Cliff Kingsbury, 7 out of 10, and here's why. I would have had him at an 8 or a 9, but I put him at 7 because the tech administration just loves Cliff Kingsbury. The fan base loves him, the boosters. They desperately want Kingsbury to succeed. There's nothing they want more than to see Kingsbury win eight games this year and justify keeping him and maybe giving him an extension because they've been burned by guys who are not tech guys. They think Kingsbury is, and they so badly want him to win. So I gave Kingsbury a 7 out of 10. Semi-warm seats, I gave Tom Herman a 5 out of 10 at Texas because it's Texas. I mean, if he goes 6-6 six and six again this season, he's not getting fired. But I promise you, going into year three, it's going to be like, okay, is Tom Herman the guy? I mean, Charlie Strong was fired after three seasons. Matt Rule, I, I, 5 out of 10 in hindsight, maybe a little high because he's got so much to dig out of. But if he wins another two, three games this year, I, you know, some Baylor fans are going to start grumbling. Dana Holgerson, I gave a 4 out of 10 because a lot of West Virginia fans I hear are like, they think this West Virginia team should be what it was. Um, you know, in the Big East, it can't be. It's not going to be. But if they don't get to the Big 12 championship game, some fans are going to be ticked off. And I, next up the list, I had Bill Snyder at 2 out of 10. Everybody else, very safe, 2 out of 10 or 1 out of 10. Snyder only because of his age and people saying, okay, when's this guy going to go, if ever? Well, coming up, we've got some Baker Mayfield news to get to. We'll share it next on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So did you see what Baker Mayfield had to say? See this? Baker Mayfield, there is just no love lost there between Baker Mayfield and Cliff Kingsbury and Texas Tech. It's got a lot of people worked up. You know, I, I don't know why. This is who Baker Mayfield is. He gets motivated by thinking everyone's out trying to screw him. And that's part of the reason that, you know, the guy who is not the fastest, not the strongest, not the most athletic, was the number one pick in the NFL draft. It's not a bad thing to have a chip on your shoulder. It's not. And in fact, one of his greatest traits is the massive chip on his shoulder. But he's doing this docu-series, Baker Mayfield's doing, where he's got guys following him around and doing a whole documentary on himself, basically. A little weird, but whatever. I like Baker Mayfield. Um, It's a Fox Sports docuseries. And at one point in the series, he discusses how his relationship with Texas Tech head coach Cliff Kingsbury, who, of course, Mayfield played for, walked on for, won five straight games for before spraining his MCL against Kansas, how that relationship has been handled. Because Mayfield... Of course, ended up transferring to Oklahoma, sat out a year there, and then won the starting job at Oklahoma. I mean, we were talking earlier in the show about Cliff Kingsbury being on the hot seat. Here's an interesting question. How is Cliff Kingsbury's tenure at Texas Tech in Lubbock different right now if he has Baker Mayfield as a starting quarterback the past three seasons? Is it different? Or is Tech still the team that can't stop anybody and can score a bunch of points? I mean, does Mayfield change that? I don't know the answer. I don't. But that would be a fascinating case study. I mean, heck, you know, they could barely win uh, six games with Patrick Mahomes, who's now going to be the starting quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs. So I'm not sure it would have been much different with Baker Mayfield, but it'd be fascinating to find out. I'll tell you that right now. It sure would be. Would be really interesting to watch that one play out. Anyway, Mayfield said this about Kingsbury. He goes and his relationship. 
He said, it went from being the guy for Coach Kingsbury, and then when I got hurt, it just changed a little bit. Not a little bit, a lot. All of a sudden, it was as if I hadn't played for him, hadn't done anything for him. It was just different after I got hurt. And Mayfield added the final straw was when he did not get offered a scholarship after his 5-0 and start, adding, I've invested a lot into this, and now you're telling me you don't have a scholarship for a guy who won five games after choosing to come here? That was the final straw for me. Now, I don't blame him for feeling that way because, once again, this is one of those motivating factors that Baker Mayfield uses to his advantage because he keeps it in the back of his mind at all times. I mean, too many guys get soft, and this is in any, not just sports, this is in life. Too many guys get soft, and they don't remember what got them there, and they don't remember how to stay hungry. One thing I know with Baker Mayfield, whether you love him or you hate him, and whether you think he's going to succeed or you think he's going to fail in the NFL, it's not going to be because this guy got lackadaisical Uh, got complacent. That's not going to happen with Baker Mayfield. I don't see it. So when you see this story and you see what he says about Cliff Kingsbury, it's like, you know what? This is Baker Mayfield. Doesn't surprise me one bit. Doesn't shock me in in the least. It doesn't. Now, every week, Derek Duke, who writes for our website at heartlandcollegesports.com. Of course, I'm Pete Mundo. You can find me on Twitter at Pete Mundo. Find us on Twitter at heartland underscore CS. And then just search Heartland College Sports on Facebook, on Instagram. We are on all those different places. We'll be ramping it up here as we get closer and closer to the season. And also, we are going to be having some tailgates at a handful of Big 12 games this fall. So stay tuned for that. Find us on social media for all the latest uh, news and information. So Derek Duke does our Big 12 um, Q&A mailbag every week. And one of the things that he talked about, or he was asked about, was the West Virginia-Oklahoma game the day after Thanksgiving and whether or not we'll see that matchup in back-to-back weeks. I believe we will, but regardless, I was thinking about whether or not that's the most anticipated game of the Big 12 this fall, and it's definitely up there. It definitely is. But I look at the Big 12 schedule, and I, you know, I, I, there's a ton of games to like because of the parity in this conference. I mean, it's just crazy how many good teams there are in this conference and how close this conference is going to be throughout the season. But I, I think there's a couple of games above it. And the one that's above it that's sticking out in my mind is, first off, it is Oklahoma, Texas on October 6th. And it's not, oh, Pete, you know, you're just favoring the two bigs. No, 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 no. That's going to tell us, first off, is this really, once again, OU's conference? And secondly, is Texas actually back? We've heard this for years, that Texas is actually back. And after a gauntlet of an opening five weeks where Texas plays Maryland, Tulsa, USC, TCU, at K-State, then they play OU. I mean, unbelievable. And if Texas comes out of that stretch 5-1 and one or hell 6-0, and oh, yeah, then they're back. 3-3, three and three, eh, it's Texas again. And I also look at West Virginia at Texas because if you think OU's going to be at the top, who's battling for the next couple of spots or that next spot in the Big 12 championship game? Well, you know what? Then it could very well be West Virginia, Texas, November 3rd. By the way, I know I'm going to be at that game. 
So a lot to keep an eye on. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. We appreciate you being a part of the show. Thanks so much, guys. We'll talk to you next week, same time, same place, right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. 2,000 country stations. Yeah, we're one big country nation. That's right. Thanks, guys, for downloading this week's radio show. Turned into a podcast. Appreciate it once again. Rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. I'll send you the free koozie as well. Just email me, Pete Mundo, at heartlandcollegesports.com with a screenshot of your review. Appreciate it. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly.